You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Zulema Arroyo Farley, a.k.a. Bond Psalm, can teach us all something about the power of the human spirit. She's a cancer survivor, author, and top wine collector. Personally, I think she's cooler than Bond. So I am with uh, Zulema Arroyo Farley. She joins me today. She has an amazing story to tell. If you need a book to motivate you, to inspire you to work hard and listen to your heart, please pick up her book titled So Much More. She's a cancer survivor, a psychic medium whose love of wine we both share, hence her other moniker, Bond Sum, as in James, and we'll explain. But thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. I love everything that has to do with the spirit world and wine um, and my book. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of crazy. We'll touch on this later, but I was thinking to myself because I've been doing in, in the wine business for a very long time, and I always talk about wine has energy. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, people Completely. who are even complete novices, they'll just look at me sometimes. They'll taste some wine. They go. Wow, this wine has so much energy, and, and, and what is that about? And I, I think there's a parallel between that energy and kind of this psychic medium thing yeah. that you're about. Completely. That there's something you're picking up in a wine Completely. that you can't explain. Completely. Right? So the first thing I think we should know is that we're all made of energy. Our spirit attracts energy. Our body attracts energy. We're constant movement. The thing about a psychic medium, and a lot of people confuse it, a psychic medium is someone who connects with someone that has departed. And there's a big difference between a psychic medium and a psychic. A psychic medium receives the information about your past, your present, and your future directly from your loved one that crossed over. A psychic perceives general information, not specific, about your past, your present, and your future, and cannot connect you to someone that have passed. So how, and this is going to come to uh, to full term when I explain what I'm getting to when it comes to the energy. Mm-hmm. We're all energy. Our body attracts energy. Our body receives energy. Thanks to a lot of energy, this podcast is happening. Yeah. But our frequency and our vibration here in the physical world, that's how we call it, is very low. Our vibration is low. When we die, what dies is the material of the body our spirit transforms into high frequency high energy so it doesn't matter what your religious belief is when you look at the sky and you see where the clouds are right you can call it paradise heaven shangri-la whatever it is because technically from an energetic perspective they're in a place that is so high that us here in the physical world cannot reach the gift of the medium allows me to raise my vibration and my energy they lower theirs, we meet in the middle, and that's why it's called a medium. So energy is a big part of what I do, and energy is a big part of everyone's life. The problem is that people don't know how to use their energy. Mm -hmm. People don't know how to tune into their energy. People sometimes don't realize how to raise their vibration, right? And and what's crazy is, as a culture, we worship energy. And you you don't even look further than Starbucks, the five energy drink, Red Bull, we all want to have this energy. 
but we but don't you don't know to, what it is, right? But, <laughs> like, you, but you don't need any of right. that because to get energy and to raise your vibrational frequency from a low frequency standpoint, mm -hmm. let's say someone who's very depressed, that's way lower than the normal range, right? All you need is to do something that brings you pleasure. All you need to do is something that grounds you. So whether it is you're in the outdoors and you're grabbing the soil or you're at a beach and you hold the sand or whether you get on a plane whatever brings you pleasure or you're open a great bottle of wine and you share the energy of that wine and that bottle whether it's on your own or with other people immediately that raises your vibration and your energy now from a winemaking perspective everything is energy from the energy that that winemaker leading the team or the enologist to make the wine to make sure that they're in touch with the vineyards i mean how many photos have we seen or visits that i've done that the winemakers grab the soil smell the soil right right and i think of dom perignon specifically right when it comes to energy i think of Richard Geoffroy, who was the former chef du Cave. And I remember when he spoke to me about P2 and P3, specifically for Dom Perignon, it's all about the energy right. of the wine. I totally, you know, I uh, I had an amazing, I would call it almost a spiritual uh, encounter <laughs> encounter with Nicolas Good. Jolie from Sauvignere. Uh -huh. And he was a, uh, a Rudolf Steiner guy, and he, uh, he fell in love with this whole, uh, and he's kind of, one, I would say, one of the godfathers of biodynamic farming mm -hmm. and his uh, just, just his descriptions of how light and the solar impact on soils and an mm -hmm. ecosystem and Completely. the birds and energy in that ecosystem Completely. and uh, he wouldn't let people with cell phones in his vineyards because he thought Great. they disturbed the energy it does um, and he's 100%. just and it it is one of my all-time favorite episodes and I just happened to catch him and 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 actually went to this hotel and in, in corner with just standing with the mic talking about him and it, it's just so enlightening um, you can see why this guy is considered so this god you bring up a really good point a lot of people want to record the readings that they have with me mm. and I don't like and I don't allow self recording or any otherwise for one thing it interferes with me raising that vibration and that energy so he's spot on mm. in not allowing people with cell phones because it does disrupt right the moment you're in a Wi-Fi or you're in a cellular connection you bring in another level of energy interference that shouldn't be there so for example if I was a winemaker at the moment that I'm blending or at the moment that I'm picking up the grapes I wouldn't be using a phone with a signal to do that I would turn all that off and I would ask anyone to turn it off that is around me and I would just listen to my own intuition mm -hmm. and my own thoughts because we're all guided from the other side sure. so it is phenomenal and I didn't know that he did this but it's phenomenal because cell phones do interfere with our energy right there's, there's actually a, a, a study with depression and people who are fighting anxiety and these issues is the first thing they tell you to do is cut off no Completely. news no social Completely. media Completely. And, and 
anyone who has the impulse to get up in the morning and look at the phone first thing. You can't. You can't do it. No, I, no. I was. Um, I picked up my phone the other morning and I tried to stay off it, and it just. I got a news blast about um, this uh, family that was, you know, shelled in the Ukraine and they found oh. their dead bodies. Yeah. And I thought to myself, this is why you can't look at your phone first thing in the no. morning. You cannot get up nope. and and look at this stuff to nope. start your day with such like nope. aggressive toxicity. Um, I have a rule specifically as a psychic medium because I read people almost every day, like Monday through Friday. I can't do that when I wake up. And nobody should, as Mm -hmm. a matter of fact. So my phone is away on a nightstand that I'm not hearing it. It's not turned on. I actually don't even have an alarm set on my phone. So there's nothing waking me up. I'm waking up naturally. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, as soon as I wake up, before I even brush my teeth and I'm in bed, the first thing I do when I wake up is to give gratitude. Is to give gratitude, first, that I'm alive, two, that I'm doing pretty well, especially if I've had a great wine night mm-hmm. and I've had some great wines. I'm like, I'm so thankful that I have the privilege to drink history in a liquid format or to well be put. surrounded yeah. by friends that we enjoy and share that common interest. And the next thing that I do is what's called energy protection. Everyone, every morning, before you even go brush your teeth, before you even go look at your phone or any technology, take, I don't care if it's five minutes that you have because you have children. If you can do 10, 15 is great. We all need to protect our energy. We all need energy protection for what we're gonna face that day. So that comes in the form of, You can get to work and you might be in a really good mood that day, but you come to work and you find that your boss has something negative to say or your coworker had a bad night's sleep. Guess what? All of that energy around you will affect you and will set what your day will be like. So you remember I said you wake up in the morning, your phone is not next to you, you don't read your phone. However, you should meditate. But even before you meditate, if you think you had a dream or if you recall something while you were asleep, there should always be a notebook by your bedside mm, with I a keep, pen. Yeah. And you need to write what comes to mind because another way for spirit to guide us in life and to give us signs and messages is via dreams or visitations so and there's two different things i want to get to um i mean you're a cancer survivor you had a rare uh form of cancer i think sarcoma sarcoma now i have to tell you i was diagnosed in 2015 so i'm seven years cancer free which is a big deal because sarcomas reoccur in the first three years 80 percent of those reoccur After the seven year, they say, not really a reoccurrence exactly where you got it, but you can develop other cancers. So I will never be out of the woods. I will never be really considering to remission because I didn't get any drugs for this cancer. Whereas other cancers get the drugs and they can really say, oh, those drugs we gave you really worked and this is why you're not going to get it. But the point is, it's a matter of the government, it's a matter of, of the pharmaceutical companies, and it's a matter of like people in general because there's no awareness of this cancer even today. You don't know a big celebrity that has had sarcoma. There's only been like a few of them. One of them I know who's like an Olympian soccer team, mm-hmm. female Olympic, 
uh, winner. You have someone in the Kennedy family. But every time the media reports on sarcoma, they don't really report it as sarcoma. They report it as a rare cancer, unknown cancer. One of the, what is this chef show? I forget, that Padma Milaki, is that her name? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Indian. Yeah. So one of the chefs that competed in this show, she died of sarcoma. But all this money was raised and all this awareness was raised, but the media didn't report it accurately. And that's why I've been trying to like fight against is like you have to call it for what it is. You have to say that there is a big amount of this population that is completely underserved and in a country like ours, no one should ever be faced with not having any kind of targeted therapies to treat your cancer. In my case, we took a gamble. Well, I didn't. The surgeon made that decision for me. Mm. It wasn't even my decision. My surgeon decided that he wasn't going to resect everything completely so I could get negative margins. That he rather get positive margins instead of taking, mine was in the anal muscle and right. the gluteal muscle. So he's like, I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to leave her with positive margins so I don't have to resect her anus, right. part of her butt, and on top of that, do a colostomy bag on her. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. yeah. No, but I, I, I just one of those like I, I, examples like during COVID, I mean, the, the death rates were, in, the infection rates off the chart, and not once did you hear anyone from the health department to surgeon general to uh, any doctor take a stand and go hey people the percentage of people dying here are obese and have all these comorbidities let's try to exercise more let's eat better let's take care of us no you know why there's no money in it and COVID laid bare a lot of flaws in our in this country, our education system, housing, medical care. I mean, all that stuff. Minorities. Minorities. Minorities, of course. I mean, look how, how much of the people that died from COVID were Hispanics or yeah. African-Americans right. or minority communities. Yeah. Yeah. People with other general you know, conditions, diabetes, autoimmune conditions, right? right? Like heart, obesity. I also think that people, you know, I'm a psychic medium, so I read dead people all the time and relatives with dead people. And it's so interesting, especially in within the Latin community and even outside of it, but mostly on the Latin community. We all have and are predisposed to certain diseases or illness or sure. conditions, right? So diabetes is one of them, heart disease is one of them, autoimmune diseases is one of them, one of them. But there are so many people that elect not to do anything about it. And when you look at television, and I come from an advertising and marketing world, every other commercial is about a different drug. Sure. But is not an education on what you can do to avoid to take that drug. Because that drug has gazillion million side effects. I want to segue into something else. We need to go into like how you became a psychic. You were a very successful <laughs> advertising person yeah. with Bravo. And I, I mean, yeah. I, I love, I got to say, people, you have to pick up this book so much more <laughs> because you have an amazing life to be so young and to be so like travel everywhere. And you find yourself, you know, at your first corporate apartment across the street from 11 Madison Park, I know. Or, you know, amazing and, restaurant. And having a lot of lunches there. Right, having lunches. <laughs> 
then and then in one part of the book you say um, oh, I, I was moving, and I had them take my Yurikov because I fell in love with Malbec. Because yeah. I need to, we need to get to two things. Yeah, because <laughs> you had an amazing, successful career. You're yeah. in love with wine, but then you become a psychic. So yeah. we're gonna go. Uh, let's go wine. <laughs> Sure. And then into the psychic Career, thing. Oh, yeah. wine and psychic meeting. No problem. This could be a six-hour show. Oh, so, no. so normally every time I do a podcast uh, and an interview, they uh, do a two-part or a three-part yeah. because there's so much to talk about. But I know we don't have the time. So wine, very simple. And it ties to career, actually. So I'll cover that. So I moved from Puerto Rico. And I'm born and raised in Puerto Rico. And I moved to California in 1994. Mm. No friends, no family. $800 in my bag. Nothing else. Two pieces of luggage. I only knew one person. I slept in an apartment with three other women, but the room that I slept in, it was a three-bedroom apartment. I was one of three people in one bedroom, and at first there was no mattress. I ended up getting a twin, not even, what do you call that, box spring? Yeah. I didn't even have that. Wow. So okay. that's where I slept. So I started to work from the bottom, like everybody else. I was a teller in a bank. I used to take a bus, like, sometimes two hours to get to work right. and two hours back. And I finally ended up within the car company, car industry. I was the only person at the time that spoke fluent Spanish. Mm. I was in the legal department, and the advertising, actually, thanks to an HR person, the advertising department came to me and said, can you look at this translation that the ad agency is doing because we want to reach Hispanics, and you're the only person that is fully bilingual. So it was really because of a language situation. And I'm like, they're doing crap. What they're doing is completely wrong. I don't know what Spanish is this, but this Spanish (laughs) is not universal for Hyundai to be talking, right? And that led to being promoted into actually advertising, and it was the first marketing campaign, the first agency that they were going to hire, and I was a part of building that. And then another agency came and said, we want to offer you the opportunity, which was the Bravo Group, and I built that from scratch, from the ground up in Los Angeles. You're, you're Reading the book, you're the kind of woman who just conquers everything in front of you, and mm-hmm. um, and this is before, and we'll, we'll get to the medium thing, because I remember reading, you were saying, as a child, you had a lot of anxiety because oh, yeah. you felt this energy coming oh, yeah. at you and you didn't yeah. know qu- quite not to do what to do with it yeah with spirits or your your father in particular everything um, right i suppress my gift my whole right. life uh, but then you become this very successful yeah. uh, advertising person and you're in new york city and you are living the life well but in yeah. california is when okay. i learned yeah. about wine right oh okay all because right. i was at hyundai the car company my career was all into cars automotive right then i moved to the agency side and it was all cars so it was jaguar land rover lincoln mercury mazda the point is a lot of these dealers were into wine and they were major wine collectors and this is why i always say i never learned to drink prosecco i never learned to drink anything sparkling that was not champagne because that's not what they serve do you remember laetrile it was one of the alternative cancer treatments bullshit it was in mexico i believe you had to leave the country to get it and i when i was reading your book i was thinking well look at zulema she's like her she's doing her alternative therapy is champagne completely, completely. she's drinking champagne and this is <laughs> killing these cancer cells like <laughs> you know how many times i've actually said that when yeah. people ask me i mean and and it's not a joke but it's a joke too yeah. but so many people it's like why do you think you have survived sarcoma i'm like because there's all the acid in champagne and it's because it's champagne right i mean and there's a lot of acid yeah. and other things yeah, yeah. but i've always attributed it to champagne and i feel good knowing because 
it's because I love something like champagne. So I never learned to drink anything else that was not that. So when I got to Bravo, the ad agency, we were going to shoot commercials in Argentina because the U.S. would get the big budget, the general market, but we had to produce for Hispanic market three ads at the price of one ad for general market, right? So in the process, the owner of the production company that we were using was the one that introduced me to Malbec's in Argentina when Malbec Argentina was not known in the U.S. I mean, we're talking 22 years right. ago. And as a general rule of thumb, Malbec's are one of those wines you get introduced to, you fall in love with immediately because they're usually brooding, powerful. There's not a lot of subtlety to it. Nothing. But subtle. if you don't drink wine, you go, hey, I like this. That's, that's the power of Malbec, which I still like Malbec. But, and yeah. that's what I did. So yeah. because I was shooting there for so much, I started to taste more, to mm. drink more. Every time we would go at a restaurant, obviously a lot of wine. And I started to bring wines with me to my place in California, and I was single at the time. And I ended up, by the time I got the offer for the job here with the ad agency in New York, I had about 500 bottles of Malbec in my place. And every and I would host friends, my friends and their husband. I was still single. And that's how I came to New York with an offer. And I said, well, if you want me, you need to move my $500 nice. of Malbec with me. Do you have any of those on left? A temperature no. Oh, you should have saved some of the Archival Ferrer or something you that know, would still you stand know, up. You know, I think about this so much. And I didn't. Well, I did. I came and I, I came to New York. I moved. I enjoyed some of them. But then I had to go back to California with the economic crisis, and I lost everything financially. Everything. Every penny. My 401k, my savings. I had to go back and move to California with my family because I lost everything. And I had about 15 to 20 bottles. And I gave them to a friend, very well-known executive chef, and I said, you need to drink this. You need to enjoy it. Thank you for all those wonderful meals that you've made for me. That's so and cool. that's how I parted way with the remainder of my Malbec collection. The generous uh, quality of that is, yeah. is amazing. And by the way, thank you. Uh, we're drinking Krug, one of your yes. favorite champagnes besides Billicard. My big love. Uh, yeah, yes. big love. <laughs> and uh, so this is uh, this saved you. And thank you. You brought a bottle of uh, the Krug. Uh, Krug. 162. Oh, okay. The Grand Cru. 62 uh, Grand Cuvette. Um, yes. So we're going to get to the wine because uh, you're actually one of the, I think, few f female wine collectors that we'll get to mm -hmm. also. But, but but I need to finish the story in New York City. Yes. Um, so hugely successful. Got this amazing life. And um, I, I'm trying to think, like, and where does the come back to yourself of being... Uh, first, love, medium? yeah, and, and and love of champagne. Yeah. So tell me where that starts to marry because we got to get to the Bond song yeah. name. Part of it. Yes. So wine has always been a part of me, mm -hmm. even when I was single. And when I finally, when I lost everything, moved back to California, I said, okay, I'm going to make love my number one priority versus my career. I was always very career driven. But in that, I manifested my husband. And one of the items on that list of what I manifested about my husband is he has to love wine. <laughs> Amen. Because there's no way I can be with someone that doesn't love wine and champagne. 
my husband comes along I made him very happy European British into claret and he said what do you mean you've never been to champagne and you love champagne so much he's like I'm gonna take you to champagne with this year and literally on the first year we were together within a few months he took me to champagne and it was all over for me I'm like I'm never leaving here <laughs> I don't want to get out of here he's like no 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 we have to go back home to New York <laughs> um, but it has to lo- has to do a lot with having the same vision and having a partner that supports that vision. And we had always drank wine and loved wine. And I was always driven in my life because of my intuition as a psychic medium. The thing is, he didn't know. I didn't want to tell anyone because I thought they were going to ridiculize me. They were going to judge me. No, right my f- family would have never supported me doing right. this at all or whatsoever. So imagine saying, okay, I'm going to leave my career as a very well-known senior marketing executive to become say, you a psychic a v- medium. Very successful businesswoman. Yeah. Really managing director. Lots of people working old. underneath you. Yeah. You're young. You're a powerful yeah. magnet. And yeah. now you're like, I'm going to go be a psychic medium. People are like, what do you you've think lost they your con- fucking mind. Exactly. <laughs> They're going to be like, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. So that's why I suppressed it, suppressed sure. it. And then I knew from the first date that my husband was the guy I was going to marry. Mind you, I met him when I was 37. I got married when I was 40. I never been married before. Yes, I had many relationships, but never married before. And I told myself, you know what? Oh, although I know that he is that guy that I'm going to marry, there's still a couple of things that need to happen before I actually marry, and wine was a big part of it. So we kept it sort of quiet in the beginning, what we were doing and our love and so forth so on. But we always talked about, from the get-go, when we first met, about our life list. And that life list always involved, like, not being known to the wine world, but exploring that passion and taking it to something more serious and more meaningful that we were doing before. The one thing about my husband and I is that we're very curious, we love learning, we love sharing, and he already had grown-up children, I didn't have children, we knew we were not going to have children, and we don't have children, so our home and our life was like our own playground, so we could make up the rules as we wanted and do whatever we wanted, and we knew wine was a big part of that. And I got diagnosed with cancer. When I was right. when I was diagnosed with this rare cancer, everything changed for me. My outlook, my perspective on life. I didn't want to hold back on all those things that people normally say, I will do this when I retire, or I will do that when I reach X, Y, and Z. That wasn't me. I was like, you know what? This is the time that we needed we need to do it. And literally, example, six months after I was diagnosed, I was in the middle of the whole turmoil. I said, we're going to Istanbul. I had always wanted to go to Istanbul. Never made it happen. The week before, major bomb. All these people died. And I told Nick, oh, we're going. I don't care (laughs) that, you know, this just happened. Everybody thought we were crazy. We went. We had a fantastic time. And this is what I learned at that moment. We can't hold back because of fear. And a lot of people hold back because fear of fear. Fear is crippling. Oh. Completely. Completely will cripple because of what other people say. I tune out the negative noise, everybody's opinion on how I should live my life or what I should be doing, including my own family, as a matter of yeah. fact. 
And that was the time at, on that trip that I said, you know what, we need to live out our wine life in the wine world. And that's when it started. So we started so, to so create... So your husband's British. Yeah. Bond. Claret. James Bond. Claret. Yeah. <laughs> Psalm. So... The wine world. When I met my husband, I'm like, who the hell are you? You <laughs> have lived in 13 countries. You're an amazing golfer. You're a certified master scuba diver and have died like all over. He um, He's a banker, which I manifested and I said I was going to marry a banker. <laughs> um, you love wine. Uh, you're former Formula car racer. You had a team. I mean, what is it that you haven't done, which is like James Bond, right? Like sharp dresser. And this is when I said he was like the James Bond. When we got married, I said, I know what the theme of our wedding is going to be, James Bond. Right. So everything we did about our wedding from the save the day to the actual wedding was a different theme movie of James Bond. Favorite and Bond movie? Me, Goldfinger. Really? Old school? Old school. Yeah, yeah. Favorite Old Bond? School. Oh, uh, between Sean Connery, number one, I would say. I would say Sean and Connery. And then uh, Daniel Craig. I, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I think Daniel Craig is just rugged enough looking. Totally. And uh, it just works for me. Everybody else, Pierce Brosnan. No! Too, like, prissy. I mean, I love like, Pierce Brosnan, but not on that not movie. Bond. I love him not on, yeah. a, what's the art movie? Sorry, The Crown of Fire. Great. Yeah. Based on an old Steve McQueen movie that you have exactly. to see. Exactly. Oof. And Here's, yeah. here's, you know, the world works in miraculous way. And when you really visualize and manifest things in your life, things are amazing. At my lowest point during the cancer, during the planning of the wedding is when the movie Skyfall came out. Love my movie. husband actually married me in the Skyfall Midnight Tuxedo made Ooh. by Tom Ford that he wore on Skyfall and they made exactly the same suit you know tuxedo for him I was diagnosed with cancer in January my surgery was February 25th 2015 my very good friend of 25 years that today is four years that she passed away from pancreatic cancer by the way she was a media mogul Lisa Kiros and Hamilton was at the public theater she was a board member at the public wow. theater and during my cancer months of the surgery, I couldn't sit for about nine weeks because my cancer was anal. Yeah. And she said, when you're ready to sit for a few hours, I'm gonna give you tickets so that you go see Hamilton at the public theater. And I was so ecstatic. I forget the date, it was sometime in April. And we show up to the public theater, my first time ever sitting down, ever for like two, three hours at a time. Yeah. Obviously I was nervous, my husband was nervous. I didn't know what to expect or right. how I would handle it. And within a few minutes of sitting down on our seat, I think we were like road eight or 10, guess who walks in and sits in front of me? It's Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig and his <laughs> wife, Rachel Weiss. So I walked by him. He lives in Cobble Hill in Brooklyn. I oh, walked by him. He used to him. be in Tribeca before. Yeah, he where lives, he used to live. He lives on, I don't give away, but he's close to my house. And my wife walked by him twice as a little girl. And the second time he walked by, he tipped his hat to her. And he goes, he's got to be a really sweet guy. He is very sweet. Yeah. He was so nice. Nobody recognized that it was him, by the way. And I'm like, I'm, I'm very good about that when it comes to celebs. I'm not going to bother him. not going to say anything. In the middle, in, I, how do you call it? The intermission? Mm -hmm. Um... He actually was in front of my husband in the line to order a drink, and he literally said, vodka. 
<laughs> and Nick was like, I wanted to say shaken, not stirred. <laughs> but I couldn't. I literally go to like a host and I'm like, do you have a pen and a paper? Because I really need a pen and a paper. Yeah. And he gave me a pen and a paper and I literally wrote a note and I said, I don't want to make a big fuss. I don't want to make a big deal about this. But it is so incredible that I'm here on my first day going out. I explain everything I just told you about the whole James Bond thing and the Skyfall and the Midnight Tuxedo and how much James Bond, you know, was a part of our lives and, you know, my husband was. And I waited for him to come back. I literally tapped in on the upper left shoulder and I said, this is for you. He turned around, he smiled, he read it. The wife, Rachel Heist, look at me like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> what are you doing interrupting him? That's because right? you look like you also. You're very beautiful. So he's like, Thank really? You. She's like, really? <laughs> and he read it and he turned around and he said, in that voice, right? Well, very nice to meet you. What a great story. Thank you for writing this note. And I was like, well, thank you, right? And I'm like, I'm not gonna cry, I'm not gonna oh, cry, which I so didn't. Cool. So he took a little second, yeah. you know, and then he turns around again and he goes to my husband. That was a fucking bloody expensive tuxedo, mate. <laughs> and I was my, so great. my husband was like, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. Yeah. yeah. And that's where Bonsom started. I love it. And, and we were talking about this. Well, we won't talk about it. you got to have a wine, Bonsom, period. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. So Bonsom started because we were so criticized that I was, you know, going through cancer, lupus, autoimmune diseases. And we we set our my normal like instagram and facebook account before i was a public figure as a psychic medium we were posting about we were drinking we were enjoying and people started to like criticize what are you doing you're so ill what are you drinking you're so on all these drugs and blah 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 so we said you know what we're gonna create something private and i said to him well what do you think how we should call it and he's like, well, we are, we, I think we had just finished WSET level two. We were going on to WSET level three. He said, why don't we call it Bonsoms? And I said, I think that's just such a brilliant it's idea. A name. Because people will be like, is your last name Miss Bond? And I'm like, no, my last name is not Bond. It's mm-hmm. Farley. <laughs> <laughs> so where the hell does Bonsoms come from? And that's how Bonsoms uh, was alive. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, so um, we, we're going to talk about wine because, yeah. as a as a female wine collector, dominated by a male industry, whether you're at La Polay, <laughs> oh and God. it's all men. Oh God, yes. Um, you have such a, an interesting perspective or insight into that world, um, in, in which is you know we, we, we should talk about uh, but I'm you're, you're such a uh, interesting I don't know what to talk about first because I'm also like psychic medium so like who comes yeah. to you and like what is some of yeah. them th- some of the things that like you're like oh my god I did this and I I kissed the ground I'm so happy that I'm doing this because I help these people so I suppress my gift my whole life mm-hmm. a psychic medium is born a psychic medium I come from a lineage of psychic mediums when I came out publicly, that I decided to come out publicly was in 2018. I could have chosen to read people privately and not come out to the world publicly and sure. serve the public like I do. I did it especially for I'm Latina. 
And I did it because I knew within the Latin America, whether you live in the US, Mexico, Argentina, there's never been someone like me. We have a lot of mediums on general market, English television, Teresa Caputo, John Edwards, Tyler, mm -hmm. the Hollywood medium, but there's never been a Latina medium. The Latina medium name came from a meditation from spirit. I didn't even know there were really like no Latin female mediums like I was. So that's where the Latina medium came from. I decided to serve because I knew my people, my Latin community was underserved when it came to this. Not only that, there's been so many things that have existed within our Latin community that is not what I do, right? So you have brujeria, santeria, all these other things. More voodoo than... Voodoo, exactly. Than, That's and, what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah. So when I came up publicly, I actually orchestrated how I was going to come up publicly. I didn't tell anyone. I Not even my best friends from Puerto Rico. I called my family two weeks before. Everybody was like, you're crazy. What are you doing? You don't know what you're doing. Find something else to do for your career. I'm like, this is not a career. This is a calling. And this is me leaving my, living the purpose that I haven't lived. Because what you all don't know is I haven't been Sulema since I was born. I've always done something to please other people or what society dictates that I should be doing. And I'm not longer living life on anyone's terms except for my terms. Amen. And luckily, I have an amazing supportive husband that was like, do whatever you need to do and you want to do, I support you. I never told him before because I thought if I tell him before, he will never marry me. And then after we got married, I'm like, I'm not telling him because he's going to divorce me. And I'm 40 years old and who the hell is going to marry me after 40? <laughs> but I did uh, several months into it because the place that we bought, the original owner, we were lied to. We were told that he died at the gym. He didn't die at the gym. He died in an apartment. This man presented himself in living color like I'm seeing you. Mm -hmm for a while and that's how we learned the truth he actually died in our living room from a drug addiction he was a doctor very well-known doctor he became a drug addict and he died there so my husband believed me and said whatever you want to do with it i support you so after i came up publicly i thought okay this is going to go like really slow until people start coming to me to have readings it hasn't stopped so do, uh, how do people find you i mean you have a great website you have television yeah. Television and word of mouth. So wow. I've done a lot of television, a lot of television in the United States, Spanish right. language driven, wrote my book. When I sold my book to Simon & Schuster, they didn't know that I was a psychic medium. That came after the fact, so obviously they were very happy about it. And then I venture off to Mexico. So Mexico has been the most unbelievable place for me. The Mexicans are the most firm believers in the afterlife. And you can see it in movies like Coco. I'm sure mm. you watched the yeah, movie Coco. Yeah. Uh, you could see it in other movies like Ghosts and so forth so on. But really, the Book of Life, it's all about the Mexican. You saw it in the James Bond movie where they actually, one of the scenes Day is of the, the Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Mezcal. Yeah. Mezcal is a spiritual ritual. Completely. That is now, of course, a commodity here. But like it was yeah. used to... Uh, to inspire Evoke. in spirit, inspire yeah. in spirit, yeah. to, to touch people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, it makes sense that that would be kind of you become your yeah. holy land, right? Yeah. So um, I've read up to this date, 
is going to be probably about 4,000 people. I have a two-year wait list, so if somebody wants wow. to have a reading, like the people having a reading now in person with me in New York, they've been waiting since December or December 2019, January, February, March 2020. The people that are having a FaceTime and a Skype reading with me have been waiting since early 20, late 2020, early 2021. And then this is my last year actually doing uh, public reading, sorry, private readings to the general public mm -hmm. because I'm dedicating myself to other things as a psychic medium, which I'm thrilled about. These are projects I've been working for a really long time. I help people with everything you can imagine. I help people from a medical diagnosis that they don't know what they have. I've diagnosed people with cancer before their doctors have told no them way. that they have cancer completely. Um, I have people that I tell them you have diabetes or that person, uh, you need to check your brain because I see there's something in your brain. And is this just from sitting in front of them and talking to them you can feel this? Completely. So yeah. the, the first thing is I'm tuning into your energy. In mm. a reading, I tune into your energy. So mm. your spirits are with you. They're not with me. I have my own set of entourage spirit, right? Because mm. I've had a lot of people that died, including my own dad that passed when I was a year and a half old. I tune into your energy and it's your spirits that step forward and they give me the information or the messages to you. These could be people that died 50 years ago, 20 years ago. You might not have know them or it could have been an aunt a father a mother a brother that passed i'm not in control of who steps forward and wants to give you the messages i'm not in control of the messages but my job is to relay you the message example i read someone today it was two sisters and the brother and at the end of the reading the mother who had passed said can you please make sure you take of your heart and you find someone that you actually love because I don't want to see you by yourself your whole life. And I know that you're scared to admit that you're not sure if you like women or you like men. Oh. And these two will never judge you for it. You just have to be honest. And the sister, they all started sobbing and the sister goes, we have never met a girlfriend or any woman that he's ever had. And we've always wondered because he never wants to talk about it. Hmm. I said, well, spirit tells you sometimes what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Gotcha. This guy cried so much and he said to me, this is the most liberating thing I've had in almost 40 years of my life. Hence your two-year waiting list because the word of mouth, yeah. when you experience that in person, I am absolutely sure yeah. you can't stop talking about that. And, and I'm here to change people's yeah. lives. I'm here to bring peace. Cheers I'm to here yeah. to bring validation, clarity, understanding. When somebody writes to me and it's like, you saved me from suicide. Fuck. You helped oh me God. with the depression. Yeah. I hadn't showered for five days before I had the reading with you and I decided that I was going to shower. And hearing from my dad and everything you said was so specific that how can I not heal? At the end of the day, I'm a healer in a very different on way. Yeah. I don't care about the people that don't believe because my job is not to convince you to believe. I agree. Yeah. I have nothing to do with that. I have nothing to prove. I am who I am. I've always been this way. This is why sometimes people say, well, she's this, she's this, she's that. I, if I paid attention to what everyone said about me growing up, 
in my career, my job is not to put fear. It's quite completely the opposite. A lot of people do predictions about all of this, especially within the Hispanic Mexican community. I never imagined that I would be doing that because I don't want to be known for that, although I can, right? And I can tell you, I mean, I can tell you even COVID. I remember walking down 6th Avenue with my husband. We were having dinner at STK literally two weeks before the lockdown. And I told my husband in front of Radio City Music Hall, I see these streets are going to be completely empty. It's either a terrorist attack or something really big, and New York is not going to be what it is. And within three weeks, no one was on the streets. But I only tell him, I can't tell this to people because I don't want to put that fear or worry or stress. My husband and I have always had one philosophy. The place that we bought and where we live is meant to be shared. We have no children. We live in a place that is way bigger than a family even lives and we're very grateful for that but we bought that place Mm. purposely for what we do which is to be shared to have people over I've never believed that the wine world is about having the largest collection and the most amount of bottles you could ever fucking have and touting oh I'm the biggest I don't know Maceto purchaser or yeah. a crew collector where I have like 10 million cases of this specific wine but it does fucking nothing if you share with no one and you're fucking stingy and you don't appreciate it but I surround myself with people that generally have the same idea and perspective which is we like to share and we have the same commonality when you co- it comes to it and you're not an asshole and you're not a jerk <laughs> Great. and you're a good person by the way, we're going to be late for a dinner yeah. reservation. So, oh God! So we're at the point of the show. You know when you're going to leave the planet. I'm not going to tell you, but so you're like, okay, I know I'm going to leave X day. I want to tell me what are you eating, what are you drinking, what piece of music are you listening to as you float off into the next space. Um, I can tell someone where they're going to die, but I refuse to do that, okay. and I don't believe that's what a psychic medium should be doing. Although there are some that do it. Mm. Um, I love opera, and my favorite aria is Et Lucevan Lestelle. So I would be hearing that blasted in my husband's incredible name audio system. My husband is a big audiophile. I would be drinking Krug, Claudian Bonnet. I'm a Blanc de Noir girl at heart. Okay. Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier is my love. I would probably pick between vintage 98 or 95 for Claudien Bonnet. I will be having a delicious French meal, a great steak with an poivre sauce, a lot of French fries involved (laughs) in that, a great creme brulee, if we can add, with an Ikem. Probably 1967 again. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't thank you enough for being on DOTJ <laughs> podcast. And I want people to find you and yes. you know where to get your book is it on Amazon. Um, My book is any bookstore, okay. so you can find it online or otherwise. So you can ask your local bookstore to order. So in English, it's called So Much More. Mm-hmm. In Spanish, it's called Muchísimo Más. 
You can find me on social media in Spanish or English, thelatinamedium.com or lamediumlatina.com. I'm Sulema Royofarli. That's my first name, Sulema, Z-U-L-E-M-A. Or you can find me on my private uh, one Instagram bond sums for James Bond check it out because my <laughs> god these are amazing wines thanks for being on thank you so much I had such a great time that was a good time thank you <laughs> thanks again for listening don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com until then I'll see you at the bar la vida.